Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Marie Nunos. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. It is our first day in the new studio, Woo! Better Together. Right here, you're watching us on YouTube live at the moment, right? This is our first live show, Scam Sabra. <laughs> so freaking exciting. Um, Look at this place. So 
for anybody who is listening, you can also watch this live on YouTube. Um, we're going to start doing our shows live and uh, on YouTube, so you can check us out there. But if you're watching us, check out our studio. Now, it's a little difficult. Steven, um, did you film the piece for this show so everyone can see the whole studio? We have not yet, Yeah, we but ha- we're oh. showcasing it. Oh, so when were you going to decide to do this? This was for today. When were you going to tell me that this was not accomplished? I have a teaser clip. Where's the teaser clip? I have it. Oh. Yeah. But no, but people on YouTube are supposed to have seen when I said, check out the studio, you're supposed to cut to this 360 view of the studio. Steven, really? Steven effed us. Oh, I can say fuck on this, though. Steven fucked us. I did the I did an Instagram tease for our listeners who are a lot of the Instagrammers are usually podcasts. So I uh-huh. still wanted them to be able to see. Wait, you did what? I have an Instagram tease video for for Instagram. Oh, for, okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll show you. Media's. So at some point, Stephen will do what I had asked him to get done for today, which was you guys getting to see the whole studio because Kevin works so hard and it looks so beautiful, and we've called it the woke studio, right? The dope woke studio, the dope woke according studio. to Kevin Undergaro. Um, it's very bright and light, and lots of lemons and foliage, and it it's just feels really Maria good. It's very Maria Menounos, just like. So bright and energizing. So, Kevin, um, <laughs> when we were first dating, he used to leave me all these little notes like, honey, you know, if you could do my laundry or whatever it was, right? Or have a great day. And it would always be something normal, but with like a penis on it. So, today he drew me for good luck uh, a son with a penis nose. <laughs> And so that's what's here on my on my paper, and it's making me smile because oh it's just gosh. it's vintage Kevin. Um, we're excited to have you guys back with us. Thank you for joining us, whether you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or you're watching us and listening to us live on YouTube. Our quote of the day: Success is like a lightning bolt; it'll strike you when you least expect it, and you just have to keep the momentum going going. You have to strike when the iron is hot. So for me, I just kept striking and striking to polish out the sword that I was making. And that is Michelle Fawn, who is our guest today in the New Woke studio. She's our first guest in the New Woke studio. We're really excited. Um, If you're not familiar with Michelle, then you don't watch YouTube much. Uh, She is a digital pioneer and entrepreneur who crushed the game um, on YouTube and I mean, has just been uber, uber successful. But what I love and I'm so excited to chat with her about is her journey the last two years because she quit YouTube. The the thing that made her so famous and so crazily successful. And she kind of went on a new journey, on a spiritual journey, it sounds like, and and gave everything up because she wasn't happy anymore. And, and at the like what you were saying at almost at the exact same time that you completely shifted and why we're here today at a yeah. better together studio. So true. <laughs> I know we were having like we've had a similar path in some ways or similar kind of journeys. And, you know, she took care of her mom. I took care of my parents. Like our main goal was to kind of be successful to help them and help us all out of, you know, kind of the the sunken place, yeah. <laughs> whatever you would call it. And, um, and yeah, she had the same kind of awakening at the same time as me. So I'm really excited to chat with her about, you know, how she got better and 
um, you know, who her influences were and, and how she came to love herself, you know, self-love was something that she was lacking. And that's something I've been trying to figure out lately is how do people figure out the self-love thing? Like, is there like a how to, is there a book we need to be finding? Um, cause everyone's like, you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. And it's like, okay, but how do you know if you really love yourself? And if you don't, like, I want to know, I want someone to break it down. Like, okay, Maria, here's the checklist. Nope. You don't love yourself enough. Okay. And then what's the solution? Like, how do I love myself and what are the the steps to take? So that is an episode that we are going to orchestrate and, and, and figure out at some point, but maybe Michelle will help us get to it faster. It's one of those things where you always read the quotes and you're like, that sounds really doable, but actually, how do you measure that? How can you actually do it? But what I'm really excited about, just like as a fan of the show, even though I'm on the show, (laughs) is that you guys have similar-ish journeys in terms of really early, great success. Mm -hmm. But the difference being that hers was social media entwined and you got yours was more like the toxic uh, entertainment industry, but the toxic social media industry, they're similar but different. Yeah. So actually, when I think about it, she had the other part of it that I had where you become a machine and you're working, 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 you're not enjoying any of it, let's say, because you're just working so much. And the exhaustion that comes and then just you lose the spark and why you even started doing it in the first place kind of part. But then on top of it, I had to get abused and tortured along the way. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's similar and it's different. So I'm excited to chat with her. In the meantime, Steven is still in the booth, I think, sunk, sunk in now because he knows he screwed us over big time today. First of all, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys what happened this morning. So I woke up and I had a great morning. I was in a little bit of pain. So I went I, after Pilates and I, I got in my hot tub. I jumped in the pool. I cooled off. I felt good. My body felt good. Skin's glowing. Skin's glowing. Thank you. <laughs> and then so then. I was like, I had told Stephanie to come earlier because I said, I want to scream. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. In the documentary, um, Sizzle. I've been working on a sizzle for my documentary um, for a bit, and I think I have it there. And I just wanted to see an, with another set of fresh eyes. So we get into position. We're about to watch it, and we were five or six minutes into this ten-minute thing, and Stephen rings the doorbell, and I'm like, 
shit <laughs> because it's all off my phone it's screaming to apple tv now what you don't know steven is it took a while for it to even work because of the spinning wheel nonsense no so you ring the bell and i wanted to kill you but it wasn't your fault obviously so i also had told them last week just ring the bell and i'll let you guys in with my phone app it's super easy <laughs> well no it is not super easy it completely stopped the video and then we spent the next half hour trying to get it back up on multiple internets non-wi-fi wi-fi multiple tvs we could not get it to work so guess who never got to screen the sizzle and get the final notes out that i needed to get done this morning me so i was in a very bad place i allowed myself to not be zen and had like a little mental breakdown because i was very frustrated and and i was like you know you can't be woke all the time but i actually like that there was a moment because i was in the room and maria said i i've been really good at controlling this and i get to have this moment and like i think you absolutely do get to have those types of moments i mean we all we're human yeah and it was completely irrational but that's okay but i was like i i understand that and my uh, my outside self knows that i'm acting really stupid right now and that none of this really matters and it's gonna be fine and it's totally not steven's fault in fact it's mine and then i was like but i'm still gonna kill him so i was in the i I was gonna kill you phase i planned ahead i gave you an outlet i gave you a reason to actually want to kill me today I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And I know I shouldn't. And it's not his fault. So we were all dying laughing about how I was going to kill you today. And then I went and I meditated in the backyard. And all of a sudden I felt fur up against me. Willie and Max literally came over and they like, like butted their bodies up against me. And they were just meditating with me, basically. Like they didn't move. And it was so beautiful. And I was like, thanks, guys. And so then I didn't want to kill you anymore. And now I'm back to wanting to kill you, Stephen. Speaking of... I feel like you're like my brother. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like... I was trying to pivot out. I mean, I have to kill you, What? I was trying to pivot out and go on to the animals because you did do something really, really funny this what? weekend. We were at, you received an award. Oh, God. At the VFTA Awards. <laughs> um, you got the Lily Angel Award it's for a really, celebrity advocacy. Yeah, it's called uh, Voice Voice for the Animals. Mm-hmm. It's a really great organization in LA. They've done, they've done amazing, amazing things and they honored me. And so Steph came with me and Kev. But what she did, so she received the award. She had the greatest speech per usual. But then there was a point where uh, we they were auctioning mm-hmm. and they weren't getting like enough support. And oh. all of a sudden I wasn't looking. I was I was taking um, I was emailing footage to to someone during that. Well, hold on, because here's what let me set the stage. Yes. So they had uh, an auction and I usually like I'm really good at like running up the bid at an auction for She's, charity. You're really good at it. So. It was Lily Tomlin, and it was the prize or the thing they were auctioning off was her own voice recording for your voicemail. Yeah, so she would personalize a voicemail for you. Yeah, so they start the bidding at like two fifty, and I bid right after that, and then I kept bidding as it's going up to five hundred. So she's a legend, like of yeah, course. She is. Even though I was laughing, I'm like Kevin, I don't have voicemail. <laughs> so anyway, I'm I'm helping people get excited and running up the bid because then they knew they were competing with me and whatever. And then she said something about throwing in her Emmy's dress because it wasn't getting enough money. 
and they really needed to raise money for the charity. And, it, you know, when you're a celebrity and you're up there and you're putting yourself up there and people aren't bidding, it's very embarrassing. Especially she's a voice talent in her own on top of everything else she does. So yeah. probably a voice recording for hers. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, gosh, let me help. And then so they said that she was going to give her Emmy's dress away. And she jumps in at one point because it's still not moving. And it's like, it's Carolina Herrera. So I Google it. I said, you know, Lily Tomlin, um, Carolina Herrera, and I think it was Emmys. And I find the dress. And it was this chic, long sleeve, belted, beautiful gown. And I run up. Go ahead. You tell them. She runs up and says that. Just like literally that. She goes, it's a beautiful navy sleek dress. She starts selling the shit out of it. And everyone starts then bidding on and on. She's like, will you throw in the shoes? Like Maria put on her full salesman. Yeah. And I was like, wow. That's, yeah, many that's thousands of mentor. dollars were made. Because I was like, listen, the dress alone is probably at least $5,000. Now it's Lily Tomlin's Emmy dress that you can like like have a picture of and so yeah there it is so funny anyway we had fun but i thought you were gonna make fun of me for going up prematurely when i got my award that was funny too because they so lily announced me and i thought they were running behind schedule because they had told me i was going to go up over an hour before i ended up going up and so she just did a quick intro and i was like oh they're probably not going to say anything more so she said maria menounos and she paused so i jump out of my seat i get up on stage and then she starts going on and on and on with this huge bio um that just kept going on and on i was like oh shoot i'm like i went up way too early you played it off so well though but you did go up early but i didn't i would have done the same thing it sounded like the end of the introduction yeah yeah so anyway it was fun it was really fun oh my god really good event Anyway, we um we also had some fun this weekend with Kevin. I think he was driving home from that event. It was. Okay, so driving home from that event, Kevin was talking about his Christmas Starts in August podcast that he mentioned last week on the show. And he's like, I only have 50 views. And I said, well, honey, just keep throwing shit up against the wall. Some Something will work at some point. And he started dying laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. And uh, and I said, if you first if at first you don't succeed, try try again. And so we started laughing. So I started filming this whole banter between the two of us, and I started begging people who were following me on Insta stories to go watch Kevin's Christmas Starts in August podcast on YouTube. And I said, please, I'm like, you know, it's a pity call from my husband. So my best friend's texting me. She's like, you're evil. This is terrible. But we were having so much fun laughing about it. It's hilarious. But now people actually started following it. And it was like such a beautiful opening, like the Christmas starts in August podcast, because, you know, it's it's um, I think it's the scene from Rudolph. I I love all the Christmas movies, like the the original um I think it's yeah. Rankin Bass, like the Santa Claus is coming to towns and all that. So it was it was actually really nice. So Kevin was laughing. So we got a lot of pity views. And if you're watching at some point when we are done, obviously, you can go check out Christmas Starts in August on YouTube. It's it's a really fun time. Yeah, it is really hilarious. But you guys doing that, I was dying because we had just left. And I was like, what? What is she posting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Craziness. It's always madness. <laughs> the best anyway the so best. is michelle here yes should we get to the interview yes so we'll okay. take a short little break Well, first we should kill steven yeah we'll steven's kill just steven. sitting in there mute not talking at all yeah. steven how, how do you feel about me wanting to kill you right now uh <laughs> i've gotten used to it <laughs> steven. 
I was telling Steph the other day, I was like, Steph, I feel like there's something I'm forgetting. Yeah. I literally, I was like, Steph, what are we forgetting? I have yeah, this whole list of everything that. in front of me, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm forgetting something, and what is it? So so what's the problem, Stephen? Have you guys not learned to keep a list? I have a list. So why wasn't it on the list? It was on the list, but we had discussed... Because we were going to swap out some of these TVs, and then I was working on Saturday with the logo with Kev of like swapping that out. That we decided last time to not do it, but it was still on my not list. Me. Not I. I, I, thought, I thought my not. eyes twitching. No. Steph, you were there. I was like, Steph, should we shoot this? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> the sibling fight. The sibling altercation. There's no fight. Am yet. I no, crazy? I Chris, Steph, am I crazy though? That we wouldn't film it because of the monitors. Yeah, no I one thought- had that discussion with me. You people have discussions without me. That's fine. It totally. It might have been Nobody me. has discussions with me because I end up walking into everything and realizing, oh, okay. The biggest lesson I can give you listeners out there that I've learned mm-hmm. in the past month from working with Maria is over communication is better than not enough communication. Always. I always double check things with her because I'd be like, oh, like. I'd make assumptions that she knew what I was talking about, and she didn't. And yep. then things like this would happen. Yep. So, so I'm Stephen's getting on killed that. today. Stephen's now, should we kill him before? That. We know we have to kill him after Michelle because we, we need, need him to him. engineer. Yeah, yeah. you could. I could put it on the wide shot if you want to kill him. <laughs> Killing live on YouTube. <laughs> if um, if you feel bad for Stephen, you can comment on the podcast. Please leave a review. <laughs> well, I've started texting Kevin. To get to you, because I'll text the group chain with you and Kevin. I'm like, hey, Kevin, are we going to go with the blue logo? Can you just ask Maria if we're going to go with these? Like, I never just go got with a it. text from you about the blue logo. Oh, I sent all the blue logos. Like, are we going with this? Didn't hear back. I was like, Kevin, can you just ask Maria? He's like, just go with it. And I'm like, never saw it. Uh-oh. But I knew you guys were working on something. It's all good. So, um, so if you are disappointed as a fan on YouTube that you're only seeing this shot, let's go to the other shot, that shot, or that shot, then... Just blame Steven, because next week he's going to promise to show you the whole studio, because this was supposed to be the unveiling, wasn't it? It, We've unveiled, though. Of the new woke studio. Now they're only seeing three shots of a beautiful studio. It is unreal. We have the best studio. Anyhow, I'm playing. Um, We'll see until the end of the show. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to bring in Michelle. So stand by, everybody. All right, guys, we are back, and our guest today, as we told you earlier, is a digital pioneer and entrepreneur who's trailblazed the digital beauty industry with over 8.9 million subscribers on her YouTube channel. Her videos have been viewed more than a billion times. She's been featured on Forbes 30 Under 30 list for Art and Style and is the founder of Ipsy. Please welcome Michelle Bunn. Big intros and and clapping and stuff. It's so you funny. You need to narrate my life. I just need to hear you in the back of my head whenever I do anything. Well, I'll just feel immensely better. There's so much teeth, more to say. There's so much more to say about you too. We're just keeping it short. But you know, like I said to you earlier, we're live on YouTube for the first time. But normally, it's just you know, it's on Apple Podcasts. So it's like a different format. So now we're trying to blend the two so that we can. You know, give everybody a little bit of everything, I guess. So Ooh, cool. We'll see how it Hi, works. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so thanks for being here today. And um, you're our first guest in our new woke, dope woke studio. Dope woke studio. Dope woke. Dope woke studio. <laughs> that is dope. Yeah. And very woke. <laughs> yeah. So um, so thanks for being here. I um, It's funny. I, I've been like deep diving. All right, friends. Let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. On you and researching and watching videos and stuff and you know, obviously for people who are listening that or watching that aren't as familiar with you, you've had an incredible career in the beauty industry digitally because, you know, Steph was saying it was interesting, your your whole kind of thought on us. Like I came up in the TV kind of mainstream world and you came up like in the digital world. And um, same ages too, early 20s. Yeah, yeah. So we both had success really early on um, and you just you know, crushed with, you know, your makeup tutorials. And I remember interviewing you. I just don't remember what you network it was. My apartment interviewing yeah. me. Was it Access Hollywood or was it Extra? I think it was Access Hollywood. Okay. This was when you were really active doing like TV, right? Yeah. Cause it was, it definitely, it wasn't extra. It definitely had to be Access. And I remember you were doing your makeup line. Yes. And you had like, like most people come out with like one or two SKUs. You had like 28 oh, SKUs yeah. or something. 200 SKUs. Yeah. 200. But Holy this, shit. But this was crazier. with L'Oreal. L'Oreal backed up my brand. And this was the first time they ever created a brand from the ground up. Because they normally do like M&A. They'll like acquire a brand. Yeah. And then they grow it into like a billion dollar company. But this was the first time that they developed any brand with um, not just me, but just anyone in general. And so it was kind of experimental, but... Yeah, I learned a lot from that experience, too, because I learned also it's hard to have it's hard to operate um, fast and operate stealthily in a large corporation. When you're a large corporation and you know how it is, yes. like in network TV, it's not like having your YouTube channel. But you you want to make a video want, right when here, you want, whenever you want. If I want to make something, if I want to create a content, I don't have to go through 20 different people to get yeah. approvals. Yeah. So, so there was good and bad, obviously, just like anything. I treat it like it was like a business grad school for me. Yeah. The whole experience. I learned so now a lot. that line that you created 200 plus SKUs, yeah. this is insane. Is that what M Cosmetics is now? Well, I had to buy my brand back from L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. So it went through two different transitions. Ipsy, which was a company I founded, but I left the company two years ago, acquired it from L'Oreal and then I acquired the brand myself personally from Ipsy when I left. So uh, now I actually fully own it. And it's it's actually really incredible when you fully own something of your own. Because yeah. I've, 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 in the past, I didn't have money to develop my own brand. I would, I would have to do brand collaborations. I would have to, because um, as you would know, you need a lot to bootstrap. Um, well, during that time too, I didn't have easy access to like, Alibaba, like people today, if they want to create a brand, they can, they can just go on Alibaba, download a WeChat, talk to someone from a factory and launch a small SKU of like maybe a hundred or 200 different products, like, uh, lashes if you want. Mm -hmm. But back then it was harder. It was much harder. And so I needed 
brand. I needed to collaborate with a brand. But during that time, I learned so much about business. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even go to school for business. I had no idea I was even going to be in the world of business. I thought I was just going to work as a graphic designer, a humble job, totally fine, nine to five. That's cool. As long as I get my paycheck. But um, 2008 crash happened and I needed to figure out how am I going to pay for my student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem I'm seeing with a lot of youth. <clears throat> a lot of youth right now, they're, they don't know how they're going to pay off and they're just defaulting their student loan right now. Yep. Um, and I, and it's kind of scary because I get so many DMS because I do a lot of stuff with girl boss. And so I'm getting mm-hmm. a lot of DMS from women who are trying to figure out um, their future. I mean, it's pretty scary right now because um, it's not like 20 years ago, you could have, easily gotten a college degree and then you're basically guaranteed a job and then you can um with that job you can get a mortgage on a house and pay that off but today it's kid like the millennials can't even afford a house because their student loan is like at least a hundred thousand dollars yeah but don't you feel like we always feel like it's so much harder now than it was then like you started at a time where no one knew it was like the wild wild west so what is that new thing that people could be you know, tapping into that will kind of explode their careers, you know, like it's, it's always something like right now, entertainment news is completely going, it's dying. It's so there's gotta be something new that comes in and, and is the new thing. Like, so when I'm mentoring all of our young hosts at after buzz TV, I'm like, guys, stop looking at the extras and the Access Hollywoods and these shows mm-hmm. as your future because they're hanging on by a thread. It's it's just a different world now with Instagram and social media. People don't need to come to us to break, you know, their the news about their new product line or whatever mm-hmm. or their new movie. They're doing it on their Instagrams themselves. So these all need to have their own new evolution. Like you have to create your own path now. But there are so many things at their fingertips. So how do you advise girls that are DMing you? I advise them to actually look at the market and find a niche because the future is actually niche. Mm-hmm. Your niche can mean 10 million followers. That's pretty niche mm-hmm. in the mainstream eyes. Yep. Mainstream would cover at least 100 million, right? So 10 million is considered niche. But for one person, it's a lot. Huge, yeah. Um, that's a lot of views. That's a lot of support. That's a lot of engagement. And it's it's you know in a sense you have a, a powerful platform where you can influence people so i think it's important to find a niche that no one is really developing consistently whether it's product or content or music it could be anything niche um and the fact that you're even doing live like no one's i don't really know a lot of people who are doing live podcasts like this the yeah. setup like this too i mean this is pretty impressive yeah we kind of look at this like our good morning america for like the new generation that's cool yeah that's cool i mean are you going to do it really early though <laughs> No, Good Morning America. <laughs> or West Coast. No, this is the I beauty like of like, like of that. life, right? You make you live it on your terms. I'm like, why do I have to wake up at four and be miserable? No, that's true. I'm going to be a much better host if I do it when I want to do it. <laughs> and exactly. everyone's looking at GMA later, mm-hmm. anyways. In the day, everything. Are they really? On. Yeah, a lot of people aren't watching it live anymore. It's the clips that they're posting. So they're not watching yeah. full episodes. But now, because we're live, you guys are socialing right now to let everybody know we're live. Yeah. And so we're having to do like all new things, you know, making sure everybody knows, hey, we're we're trying to do this live thing. And then everybody over here is on demand. And but see, that's cool because you own this. You can mm-hmm. pretty much do whatever you want. If you want to turn this into like a, a, a live streaming gaming session with Maria and yeah. playing video, you could if you wanted to. Yeah. Pretty much do anything. Yeah. And I think this is the key is you have to put yourself in the shoes of a consumer or a viewer. If you are a viewer, if you're a consumer, what do you want to? 
what do you want to wear? What do you want to watch? And then create that. Yeah. It's interesting. We say the same thing. Kevin's always screaming about niches. Really? Yeah. 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 He's such a visionary. So he's like niche, 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 niche. Um, so, so you had this incredible career and, um, I mean, super successful. And even with Ipsy, the, the delivery, Yeah. I mean, you guys were up to last thing I was looking at at one point was an interview and that was old. It was like 700,000 deliveries a month of these beauty packages. And that exploded to a whole nother level. Yeah. So 3 million of the beauty samples, which were like the pimped out beauty samples, not like your normal go to the counter, get beauty samples kind of thing. And you guys are still doing that. Yeah, they're still doing it. They also have e-commerce now. So they have Ipsy shopper because um, subscription, you, you hit a critical point where you're just not growing as much. I mean, every subscription company. And there's so many. I was looking at the market. You can get a subscription for your dog. You can get a subscription for like your grandma. You can get even like Netflix and Amazon. There's just so much choice now. And I think Mm -hmm. the problem also with the market is there's too much choice and people don't know what to do. And I think this is why um, Costco does really well with their merchandising because unlike most grocery stores where you have like 50 different peanut butters to choose from, they'll curate it down to like four. Yes. Um, Keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, I mean the illusion of choice, that's better than like too much choice. Yeah. When I go to a restaurant and the menu's too big, first of all, I know it's not going to be good. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Because there's just too many options on there. They can't be good at all of these things. Um, but a curated menu is so much better. So the cheesecake factory, it's like a Bible. It's too much. I get so overwhelmed. I get really overwhelmed easily. (laughs) Um, but you had this massive success and, and then you decided to walk away. Yeah, I did. And that was hard. I want to know about that part of your life so much more than anything else, because if anyone's a fan of yours, they've heard every interview and, you know, what I also connected with, with you was, you know, you're, you're growing up, you, um, you wanted to be successful to help your mom and your family. Of course. And that's was exactly what I Immigrant wanted. Immigrant parents, right? Yeah. yeah. And so when Kevin and I first met, he's like, why do you want to make it so bad? And I was like, because I really want to help my parents have a better yeah. life. And we were able to do that. And then at some point, something happens and you're in this crazy gerbil wheel. You are, yeah. And you're going, 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 and you're a machine. And I watched that video um, that you created, that animated video about why you left YouTube. And I connected so much with it. And we both left our industries at the same time. And I feel like had sabbatical at the same time. right now. That's crazy. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Easy. I had brain surgery 
June 8th, 2017. Wow. You posted that video. I think it was June 1st, yeah. 2017. Wow. Wow. And so I kind of had a, just, first of all, had to recover from major brain surgery, but also I knew I needed a rebirth. I knew I needed a new life. I was so mm-hmm. miserable and so unhappy and so sick and just, it just wasn't feeding me anymore. It was just, I was just a machine and a robot. And so I connected so much with what you were saying. So now explain how you got to that place. And then I want to know everything that you did after and Mm -hmm. where you are now. Well, I think we can both agree when you're in that gerbil wheel, you don't even realize you're running that fast. You don't Mm -hmm. even realize how tired you are because you're just going. And everything is just, the momentum is just keeping you moving. And the immigrant work ethic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, My, my, you know, my parents had it harder, so I'm privileged. I can, this is nothing, no big deal. Um, And I did put my mental health aside. I put a lot of things aside. When you are, as an entrepreneur or anyone who's trying to pursue, in a sense, personal fulfillment and also uh, their career at the same time, I think you do put a lot of your personal Sorry. <clears throat> I think you put a lot of your personal this personal social life aside. I didn't really have a social life, so I didn't really have time to develop myself mentally. Like who who am I? Why am I doing this? I was just I wake up, I look at my calendar, okay, this is on my calendar, to-do list, boom, 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 knock it all mm-hmm. out, and the next day, the next day. And it just became like that, and that was my life. And when that becomes your life and you don't have time to even think or even reflect. I think what ends up happening is it starts eating away at your soul inside and you don't even realize it, but you feel it. You feel this anxiousness. You feel something's wrong. And maybe it comes out when you drink a little too much and you're like, holy shit, why did I act like that? You know? So, um, yeah, I decided I, and I also reached a point in my career where I was happy, you know, cause I came from immigrant parents who came from the <clears throat> Vietnam war. So already living in America, I didn't really have much of a bright future, because my parents were both immigrants and they didn't really have an education. They were both working um, uh, third sector jobs, uh, either working at a, at a restaurant or construction work or work that didn't bring stability in their life. Um, it was always month to month. And so for me, my future, I couldn't dream of being a business person. Like that's why my mom wanted me to be a doctor. At least I can have some sort of stable income mm-hmm. and I was respected, but academically, I don't think I was the best academically. So I felt like, wow, I'm just not good enough. And so finally, when I was able to achieve success through YouTube and everything, I had to tell myself, you know, this is as good as it gets and be okay with this. Because sometimes I feel like a lot of people, they want to compete with themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I'm going to reach this success, then the next year I need to beat that. Yeah. And I need to beat that. And they start gamifying their own life, which is kind of weird. And you're competing with yourself. And I had to tell myself life isn't a competition. It's not a race. Um, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to have enough. I think that's another thing I have uh, to learn too is yes. enough. When, when is, when is enough enough? Start socialing these quotes and bring people to the show stuff. <laughs> I am socialing totally literally right life. now. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I have one achievement, but then I need to get more. I need to get more. But, but why? You know, I think one of Steve, Steve Jobs' biggest regrets, and everyone re- re- refers to him as, like, you know, someone who has truly made it in, in, in that sense, is he regretted not spending time with his family. And that's something that you can't really buy back. Mm-hmm. You can't buy back memories like that or moments like that. 
So I had to tell myself, all these personal things I'm pushing aside, they're just going to fester and fester. And they're just, I, I know that on my deathbed, I'm not going to regret, dang, I wish I would have taken that, that meeting. I, I wish I would have taken that conference yeah. call. Like, I'm not going to regret that. Nope. You know, you want to, on my deathbed, I want to be able to reflect on all the beautiful memories I made with my family and friends and loved ones. So that was when I decided, you know, this is a good time to leave. I, I made it on the front cover of Forbes. Never thought in a million years I ever would. Um, I financially, I was, I'm able to take care of my family. I could take care of myself. This is a luxury. This is, it's such a luxury to have this because most people don't have that. They have, they live paycheck by paycheck. I think an average American today, if they were given a $500, um, bill, they couldn't, they can't afford it. Literally most Americans, I think like over 50% are living paycheck by paycheck. So the fact that I can build wealth and plan out, you know, my whole life and also my, the future generations of my family's life. I'm so blessed and I should take this moment to appreciate it, be grateful. And, and in a way, like you want to plant a tree and you want the fruits to grow and how, how can you plant a tree if you don't have time to dig or, you know, you can't, Mm. you don't have time to take care of the soil and everything. So me taking my break metaphorically was me tending to my soil. Yeah. So you also talked about having De- experienced depression. Yes. That also obviously was at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. Everything just crashed at the same time. Like depression, anxiety, <clears throat> this realization of why am I doing this? And um, were you, when you look back, was it was it happening longer than you thought? It was. It was, yeah. it was it, I mean, it, it all crashed me and hit me at the same time. But I think it was festering for a very yeah. long time and I was just ignoring it. I was ignoring it. How old were you when you started succeeding at YouTube? Like that first video got like 40,000 views or something. Yeah, I was 19. You were 19. I I don't consider it success until making money. I think the moment when you can actually monetize off of that is when you have success. I would say probably 2022 because that was when I made enough money to feel comfortable enough to move to LA. Okay. And I can afford rent out here and I can afford to... um, I can afford the means to live in LA. So at what point in 2017 when you decided to walk away, how old were you? I was, how old was I? I think I was like 29. 29. Yeah, I was 29. So you'd be about 31 now. 32, yeah. 32. So 29. So you had probably a seven-year run of just nonstop. It was nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely nonstop because... I mean, you would you would understand because you're creating your own content. Mm-hmm. I had to produce my own content, edit it, be in it, um, come up with the creative, and then co- come up with the creative, <laughs> and then do it all over again yeah. and all over again and all over and again. And feeding the beast is so much work. It, it is because people are very hungry. People and they consume it so fast too. Yeah, like it could take you like a whole two weeks, and then they consume it in like three minutes. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> what am I going to do? Again. And then do it all over again and again and again. So at 29, you decide. I need to focus on my mental health and my emotional health and yeah. my spiritual health. Everything. Just, yeah. I need to focus on me Yeah, because I focused so much my entire life on everyone else, mm-hmm. pleasing everyone else, uh, making sure my family's okay, making sure um, my employees and everyone else is okay. And I kind of neglected me 
And in so a way, you were a woman? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> in a way, I, I needed to be self-centered. And yeah. I think self-centered is seen in such a negative way, but it's not. Like you need to recenter yourself because if you're not, and you're disoriented, you're going to be making bad decisions mm-hmm. that you're going to look back later on life. Why Why did I do that? It's because, well, you were not centered. You didn't reorientate yourself to, um, one, probably you were making a very emotional decision. Two, maybe you were just being reactive. Yep. So I feel like when you're more centered, you're not reacting. You're not being, you're not reacting emotionally. You're not reacting too logically. Every, every decision you make is balanced. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a very important lesson for me to learn. Because I looked back in all of my past mistakes that I made, it was either because I was being too reactive because I'm an Aries. Yeah. So I, I make decisions based on like how I feel and, um, and I go headstrong into it. I don't even like think I just go in. Um, or two, I was being, um, I would make emotional decisions. So I had to learn that every decision I make, I need to make sure that uh, my brain, my heart, and my stomach. So my instinct, my heart, and my brain. Because scientists have learned that um, the heart has the same neurons as the brain. And so technically, it is thinking, but it's thinking emotionally. Mm. That's why sometimes, like, you want to make a decision, but then something, your heart, right, tells you, oh, something feels off. Like, you can literally feel something is off in your heart. Even yeah. though, logically, it makes sense, but something in your heart's telling you, no, it doesn't. Um, and the same thing with your stomach. It's linked to instinct. It's that feeling you get in your gut, something's off, something's wrong. So, and, and this is why, like, we see this in every um, sacred text. They talk about the body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. The body being the stomach, the mind, of course, being the brain and the, and the heart, um, um, the spirit being, like, the heart. So I had to learn that I had needed to respect all three of the trinity of like, body, mind, spirit, before me. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Making any decision. And ever since I've implemented this into my life, my life has been so much better. Wow. um, Every decision I make. And, And where did you learn that? Um, I learned it a lot from, well, also, so after my, so after I took my hiatus, I just decided to travel around the world and I met a lot of just incredible people. But one place I went to that changed me spiritually was Egypt. I've always been attracted to Egypt. I always thought there was something very mystical. I love magic. I love mysticism. And so Egypt is kind of like the home of all that. And so when I went there, I had this incredible guide and this guide, he's not any normal guide. His father is one of the um, wisdom keepers of this uh, Sufi tribe called the Dogons. And this Dogon tribe, they're very interesting. They're based in West Africa. So they live in West Africa. And um, 
even scientists are so baffled about their culture. For example, they've had an oral tradition that's over 5,000 years old. And within this oral tradition, they know the size and weight of Sirius A and Sirius B star. They knew that Jupiter had four moons a long time ago. So they knew about all of these um, uh, they knew about all of these uh, facts that satellites that were invented maybe like 70 years ago discovered. So how do they know about a size and weight of a star that we can't even see with the invisible eye? Yeah, how um, did they know? And so when <clears> they <throat> ask, how did you know? They, all, they say, oh, the star people told us. The star people told us. I'm like, whoa, that's, that's fascinating. Like, I love stuff like this. Um, so when I went to Egypt, um, my guide is the son of, the, of one of the wisdom keepers of that tribe. And so he knew about all of the just incredible knowledge immense knowledge about spiritualism and also Egypt too. And Egypt has so much mystery and we don't really know a lot about <coughs> the mysteries of Egypt and some of the artifacts that I saw, we can't even build today. We can't even mm-hmm. make it in 3d printing. So how did they make it back then? That always blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like when you see the great wall, you're like, we couldn't do that today. How, how yeah. did they do that? I, I, well, they, they probably knew some technique. <clears throat> they probably knew some technique that we lost. Yeah. Um, and that just comes to show just because we're living in the future doesn't necessarily always mean progress. And I'm pretty sure back then, the quality of life, I'm talking about like back then, like thousands and thousands of years ago, they may not have had an iPhone, but if they were able to build stuff like this, I'm sure the quality of life was really good for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe slower, definitely slower. Um, but how, like, it's so subjective too. Like how, how does one define quality? Today, one would think um, being connected to the entire world and getting feedback, input and output is quality, right? But then if you look at the buildings that we have today, they, they can't even last more than 50 years without mm-hmm. maintenance. But if you look at the pyramids of Giza, <coughs> pyramids of Giza, they've been there for thousands of years and it's still perfect. So from the center of the pyramid to the tip, it's quarter of an inch off, which you can't find in any modern buildings today. And this is what's left of it. So in a way, like... I was just blown away when I went there. In a way, I was also humbled, like, wow, our ancestors made really beautiful things and we should learn from them. Um, And so this was when I really got more interested in astrology and just understanding the world and understanding myself. Mm -hmm. And um, it fundamentally, it did change me in a good way. So, So in your travels, how long did you travel for? I traveled for a whole year. And, and did people tell you, you know, you should go to this place, you should go to that place, or did you just investigate yourself? I would, well, like, for example, my trip to Egypt, no one told me to. I just, I just kept seeing um, Egyptian artifacts everywhere around me. So I was in Amsterdam, and I kept seeing sphinxes everywhere. And I turned on the TV, and Laura Croft was on. Like, okay, maybe I should go to Egypt. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> close. Um, and so my whole, that whole year was led by just coincidences. I don't really believe in coincidences, but it was led by that. Me neither. So did you, you left LA and then you just kept bumping from place to place. You never came back. You just kept going. I just kept going. Wow. For an entire year. Yeah. I went to China, learned a lot about China too. Went to several different cities in China. And that was really fun because I feel like here in America, um, most people tend to think China's a certain way because, you know, it's communist and all that. But honestly, when I was in China, I was in the tier one cities. It kind of felt like America, but everyone was Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's like, you can shop. Everyone has, everyone has like their own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, it was kind of nice. And also with Egypt, people told me, don't go. It's dangerous. But when I went, it was so safe. Everything was fine. I didn't feel 
I didn't feel like I was in danger at all. I feel yeah. like I'm sometimes more endangered here. Yeah. In LA well, we sometimes. know better too. So yeah, so exactly. You go on this kind of year long trip and were you just saying to yourself, I need a mental break. Like I'm just going to go enjoy my life. And did you travel with anybody or, you know, what was kind of, what was your goal at that point? I would say my goal at that point was I just wanted to learn. You know, my whole life I'm told this is how the world is. And I think most people, they live the world according to how they, they live the world based on what everyone tells them how the world is. And that's mm-hmm. how they act. But I told myself, if I'm taking this break, I also want to reset my mind. And the best way to reset your mind, and also I'm privileged to, is to travel. Like just yeah. travel, learn, eat new food, learn new language, like just hear new languages, put yourself in elements where you might be uncomfortable because I think also sometimes when you're too comfortable, um, you're not going to grow as as much as if you were put in a place where, you know, n- no one looks like you. Yeah. Um, even like the clothes I wore, it was different. Like in Egypt, um, everyone's like covered up from head to toe. But I'm like coming in in my LA clothes, like, ooh, okay, I'm gonna throw in a jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I I just learned a lot about culture too, and I think that's really important. Um, learning about culture, understanding where culture comes from, and we come from. You know, our parents are immigrants, and so we, we, we come from a very strong um, cultural background. But I think growing up in America, sometimes you kind of lose that a bit because mm-hmm. you're so ingrained in the culture here that um, when I'm able to travel outside of America and I'm able to see, like, Europe and Africa and China and the whole world, I, when I came back to L.A., I'm like, wow. I mean, that was – it almost felt like it was a dream. Mm-hmm. And – um, it actually made me appreciate our country more too, because I realized, wow, we're actually a huge melting pot of so many different cultures. Mm-hmm. So it all, it makes me sad sometimes when I see, um, there's a lot of tension racially. It's like, but we're all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not, not in that sense, but we are like as humans, humans, like we, we live on this beautiful planet and we breathe the same air. We see the same stars. So, um, it was really nice to have that reset. And I don't think I would have had it had I not have found my success through my businesses, because most YouTubers I know today, they can't afford that luxury to take a hiatus like that. They have to maintain um, their views because if they don't, the algorithm won't favor their videos. It won't push them to the top. Mm-hmm. And so their viewers won't see it and then they lose viewership. And if they lose viewership, they lose AdSense money and also brands won't pay them as much as they used to. So then why did it work for you? Because I had, I built a business outside of YouTube. I had, I had Ipsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I didn't have Ipsy, if I didn't have my businesses outside of YouTube, I don't think I would, I would probably still be grinding really hard. Yeah. I I don't think I would be upset at that because I love working, but I mean, I I love where I'm at now. I'm much happier where I'm at now than I was, than where I was before when I was grinding 24 seven. So what, what do you think, you know, outside of the travel, what do you think, Helped you get better? I would say time. I needed time to reflect. I needed time to heal. Because I've also experienced a lot of childhood traumas that I just backburnered because I needed to work. I needed, I didn't have time for that. Like, oh, trauma? I don't have time for that. My mom mom survived trauma. Yeah, hide it under the bed. But I told myself, if my mom can survive post-traumatic stress disorder from Vietnam and work and raise three kids... This is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but also that's not healthy either. Like we know that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to catch up. Like the longer you ignore it, the bigger it grows, the bigger and bigger it grows. And it just becomes this dark cloud that follows you everywhere. So I needed time to heal um, my scars. And I know scars will never fade. Um, but time helps. Scars will always be there, but time helps fade it in mm-hmm. a way. Like you still see like a faint scar and it's still there, like my trauma. But um, I've definitely healed from it. And I needed time for that because I needed time to reflect. I needed time to cry. Yeah, I think that's important too is crying is so important and it's so healthy to cry. You feel better after you cry. Michelle, I used to produce my cries. What? Do you know how fucked up that is? What do you mean you used to produce your cries? I remember being on a book tour and I was going through. So I had, you know, the same journey in terms of like just running the dribble wheel and so exhausted and Mm -hmm. just whatever. But then I was also working for people. So there were a lot of very um, toxic experiences where I was being tortured and, um, and I know you had some stuff we'll get to as well. That was really tough for you too. But I remember being on a book tour and I was just, I was just at my end. I was so emotional. I was so exhausted. I was being tortured so badly and I started to cry. And then I was like, nope, nope, nope. Can't cry now. Um, you're going to go see people for your book signing. And I was like, okay. I, I literally pulled out my phone and looked at my calendar I was like, okay, in four days, I will be leaving for vacation. And right when I land, I will cry. And I literally thought about it like that. That's how insane my schedule was. And that's what we did. We got to Bora Bora. Oh my gosh. And my husband and I went on one of those little boat thingies, like the, you know, paddle boats together. And I ugly cried for hours in the middle of the ocean. Oh my gosh. Hysterical, just guttural cries. So... Yeah, crying is really important. Wow. I mean, as horrifying as that sounds, it must have been very a beautiful setting to cry to. It was the most beautiful <laughs> setting yeah. ever. You must, I mean, just to be around all that water too, yeah. the energy. I'm, I, I hope that moment healed you. Yeah, too. they soaked in my tears pretty yeah. good. Oh, oh, added to salty that. tears going back in yeah. the salty sea. But yeah, but it's really important. And we're so good, especially like we always think as women, like everyone else has it worse. Like we should just suck it up and yeah. just... We just want to keep powering through and powering through. And like you said, it will catch up. It will catch up. And it's kind of sad if you look about, if we think about why do you have to produce your cry? Like why, why do we have to hold it in like that? And it's because society that we built today doesn't, doesn't honor that, that part of us, the part of that human aspect of us, of this emotional side of us. Mm -hmm. We're not robots, but our society has been built to fundamentally support that mm-hmm. um, and not the emotional side. I think I think we care so much um, when it comes to like businesses about someone's intellect, their IQ. But for me, I always thought to myself, how come we don't measure people's emotional intelligence, their EQ? I think mm-hmm. that's just as important. Yeah. Because why, why hire someone that's really smart, but then they are idiots in emotional and emotional intelligence, they're not going to make the best business decisions necessarily, mm-hmm. like maybe numbers wise, but I know, um, I know some people who, um, had really bad, um, just bad intentions when they were running a company. Like they, for example, I knew someone who was pregnant and she gave birth. And then two weeks later she was forced to come back into work. 
So she didn't even have a real pregnancy leave. Yeah. It's like you, but during that time, the mother has to bond with their child. Like, and they didn't, they didn't care. Yeah. They just care about, well, we got to make money. Yep. It's like, wow. Um, so in a way I'm also kind of relieved too. Cause, um, I actually had a really cool conversation with Andrew Yang. I know he's running for um, president. I had actually, I was on a podcast with him and he was talking to me about automation and how in the next 10, 20 years, um, just jobs will be different because any job that's repetitive, um, cashier, call centers and all that's going to be replaced. And you were just mentioning even now, like, um, te- like morning, like news shows, not that it's going to be replaced, but it's changing. So we're yeah. seeing that there's this huge shift in, mm-hmm. in, in everything and in, 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 in all in different industries, whether it's like content media, um, uh, whether it's in different sectors, like for example, like call centers and all of that. So what are we going to do then? Like, are we just meant to just work, work, work? What does work even mean yep. today? And so I think that's something that I'm learning now is what does it mean to work today? Like, how do we redefine what work is and how do we make it meaningful where people have personal fulfillment with it? Because mm-hmm. if we're going to be replaced by robots, we still, I don't think as humans, we're not going to do anything because we're still going to want to do something. Oh, there's so going to be gonna plenty do? for us to do that robots can't do. But it's funny, after my surgery, I was like, we need to redefine success. I agree. And so we're on the same page with that. And I wonder, you know, when you look back at that time you took off, was it a full two years you took off? It was a full year. A full yeah, year. A full year. Um, were there moments where you had that like, <gasps> what am I doing? Yeah, I need to work. I had yeah. that. What are you doing, girl? You got to work. Why aren't you filming yeah. this? Why aren't you, you being filming lamey, this? lame yeah. or lazy? I would like throughout yeah. this period, I'm like, yeah. I would feel so lame or so lazy or whatever. Like I would kind of, have moments where it was guilt. There was this guilt. There was right? like something just because yeah. society tells you all this you're not stuff. Being productive. Yeah, yeah, and you're seeing everyone else moving so fast and so forward and all this stuff, and you're just kind of like, I'm gonna be over here in my garden meditating yeah. and having like tea, and I'm just gonna be chill, and you know, I'm not chasing after things in my career. I'm just kind of like you know, doing what makes me happy and I'm not doing what people, my peers are doing. Mm -hmm. And so I would have those moments and I wondered if you had them too. Oh, I totally had those moments. And sometimes I would say last year I would have it too because I've been absent from the beauty space. And so last year there was a lot of beauty drama. So everyone was asking me, where's Michelle? What is she doing? And I so I felt this itch. Yeah. I felt some of this itch like, oh, should I get back? I'm like, no, I don't want to get back because of that. Like, I don't care. That's, like high school drama, you know, I, I should, I should, if I want to recreate, I, if I want to create content again, I should do it because I'm inspired to, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I think most people, they don't have this luxury because they work because out of necessity. They mm-hmm. have to work. They have to pay these bills. They can't, they, they, they're living paycheck by paycheck. And, um, part of me wonders like, wow, how, what can I build in the future that can help alleviate this for people mm-hmm. where they can find meaningful work? They can find something that fulfills them. But they can also um, have some aspect of, of bringing a skill that they find that's valuable and producing something out of it. Cause I think that's beautiful too. Like I don't think we're meant to just take endless vacations as humans. We're, we're, we're not built like that. Mm-hmm. We're built to create, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is why it's so great that you even have this podcast too. And you're, and you're, and also something I love about you is that you're always pushing yourself. Like you're now doing it live. Like you didn't have to. Yeah. There's, it takes more work actually to do yeah. it live, but 
you do, you want to do it. Um, and I think that's something some, I've noticed some people are born with that. They're mm -hmm. born with this. I want to get better. I want to evolve and get better. And there's other people I've seen and I've worked with where they're okay just being this good. Yeah. But that's fine too. Totally. I've, I've learned, I used to think, oh, that's bad. But now I'm like, that's not bad. It's just a point of view. It's just different. It is different. Exactly. Yeah. I say, it was funny. I had just before you can love other people, mm -hmm. but no one ever tells you how, how to actually do it. So do you feel like you found the way to love yourself and how did you do it? I think that's still, I think I'm still exploring that self-love. Because there's a part of me that where I'm just like, man, I hate myself sometimes. But I feel like most people are like that too. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm just making fun of that. But there's a part of me where I feel like uh, I, I don't love that part of myself. And I've, I had to teach myself that there's certain aspects in everyone that you're not going to love. And it's okay because it's part of you. You mm -hmm. kind of have to rise above that. It's I called mean, the it, shadow self. It is, yeah. Have you done any research into that? I have, I have. You got to listen think... to our episode with Kelly Casso, yeah. right? We talked all oh, about the shadow no self. Way. It was okay. so good. I will yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, I love that way. you talk about this too. I think it's really important. But I think it's like, it's kind of like exercising self-love. You have to just maintain it. It's not something that you achieve and then done. Self-love forever. It's like, no, yeah. it's you have to work at it every day. Um because every day um, can be really draining, like just society. Like unless you live completely by yourself in paradise and you don't interact with anyone. But the fact that we, we interact with people, so we're also taking in their energy too. So if someone's mm -hmm. feeling really bad about themselves and insecure, you're going to feel that. Um, yeah. Whether you believe it or not, but you will. And it's going to affect you in some way and it's going to manifest in some way. So self-love for me, it's something I learn every day. I learn every day about self-love and how to love myself and how to love others and how to have empathy for myself. Um, before I would just be so tough on myself. Even, you know, we were just talking about, we don't even let ourselves cry, but now if I feel like I have to cry, I will cry. Yeah. I'll just be like, <laughs> I'm about to cry guys. And I'll make fun of it. And I, and I think because I make fun of it that I'm about to cry and I do cry, it, it actually humanizes it mm -hmm. to everyone else. Like, Oh, that's not a bad thing. Crying. Crying is actually great. Um, except but, for when you're on a red carpet and your makeup's going to go everywhere. Like me the other night, someone asked me about my dogs and it was just oh like, God. it was just how much they mean to me. And I'm like, they're my everything. <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> and, the, and then the second time it happened again. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. What yeah. do you do when you do cry like that? You just, <sighs> do you do the, yeah, yeah. I do the, like the fingers under <laughs> yeah. and the fingers pat, in pat, and pat. then I keep wiping. Yeah. And then I keep, and I'm like. Think of something funny. Think of memes. I turn yeah. around. I do some pirouettes and try to change the energy. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to cry here right now. <laughs> okay. With that exception, red carpet. Yes, yes. I agree. Um, but self-love, I, I, I learn it every day. Mm -hmm. I, and there's, I always think about when I w truly want to really focus on myself, I imagine my, myself as a child again as a little girl before, before all this. And I, I keep reminding myself of that. Cause sometimes I feel like as you grow older, you kind of forget about your inner child, your child, who you were before you were tainted by society. Mm -hmm. And so that has kept me grounded in a sense, just revisiting her, revisiting her and just making sure she's happy too. I love that. I did a similar kind of, um, process. It's called the Dickens process, um, at a Tony Robbins seminar where he makes you go back to when you were a little kid and you're like, what would you say to her? 
and I just lost it. Oh, I can't even think about it. It's like, if you really think about that little kid in you, like, yeah. would you be mean to that little kid? No. Would you no. tell that little kid that you were stupid? No. no. You know, you would like want to nurture and comfort and yeah. love her, but we don't do that to ourselves. We're just, you know, we're usually just robots and machines. Here yeah. we go. This is exactly really how I do it. we ourselves. This is how I do it, guys. She's really yeah, good at yeah. it. You are. That's... <laughs> That yeah. is a t- that this is a how tutorial. I dab the tears. If you're watching on YouTube, this and then is it's how like I do nothing it. happened. <laughs> and then you just go. <laughs> it's true, though. It's it's like um, it's a really important thing. I like that you do that. That's cool. I think um, I think life is about like acquiring the tools to get through. Yeah. Because as Rocky says, life's going to keep on hitting, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of how we're going to navigate it and rise above or or get better you know i agree there's a lot a lot to to deal with in life and i and i I, but i've learned that i i i i've learned that i get the best sleep when i go home i don't watch anything i don't listen to anything i lay in bed and just close my eyes and i just kind of reflect on my whole day before i sleep I get like the best dreams too. Like, do you get any vivid dreams at all? I love it when I get vivid dreams. You do? It makes me so excited. Although I had a nightmare the other day, but um, probably anxieties and stuff. You're oh. yeah, it's just a crazy, crazy nightmare. But I like it when I can remember them because it makes I actually went into deep sleep. Yeah, I love sleeping. Honestly, I love dreaming too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had lucid dreams where you can actually take control of your dreams? I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that. I mean, I've had such real dreams where I've, you know, I'm emoting when I wake up still, like mm-hmm. I'm crying or whatever. But what what are you talking about have, specifically? Have you had a dream where you knew you were dreaming? And so because you knew that you're dreaming and you're still in your dream, you start with your own mind and will. You create whatever you want, whatever reality no, you want. No, you do this? Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes it can happen by accident, like through a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a nightmare and you know this is a nightmare, this is not real, you can also go into lucid dreaming from that from that um, point. But there's uh, it's called wake initiated lucid dreaming, where you can be awake and then as you're slowly dozing off, you're getting tired and tired. I actually recommend people when they want to do this, like if let's say you have to wake up at eight, um, set an alarm for five o'clock, like super early stupid early force yourself to wake up and stay awake for like a good five minutes and then slowly doze off to to sleep but then like think of something like a strong visual whether it's water on the beach and your feet is touching the water or climbing a tree or touching like an apple like something where you can visually touch and feel something and you'll actually see it like you think about it first, but then you actually see it and then you're actually in it. And that's when you can lucid dream. Wow. So I, I've taught a few of my friends to lucid dream and they've just, it's been crazy. Like they go into it and they create whatever world they want. If they have problems that they have, they can find, they can resolve it through their lucid dreaming. But the only downside with lucid dreaming is you don't actually get rest because your mind is still awake. Yeah. I was so going to say now we're working tired. more. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. Like it's, it's, it's fun. Sounds like a fun weekend thing. Yeah. Um, when you're deciding to do stuff now, now that you're like, you know, maybe woke is the term too, right? Yeah. How do you decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? I have, like whatever, whether it's a project or a meeting, like even this, 
I have to ask myself, is this going to fulfill me? You know, is this something that excites me? Is it going to fulfill me? Or is it just another check mark on the box? Mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that check. I, I don't care about that. Me too. Because I've, I've achieved everything I've ever wanted 10 times over. Because I grew up, you know, it, you would understand like our parents, like it, they just had such a hard life. And so mm-hmm. I thought, well, my life is going to be like that. And living a life like this, I'm so privileged that I'm so happy. I don't want more. I don't need more. Yeah. And if anything, I gain more from this, <clears throat> I just want to give it back to people. So technically, a few years ago, I could have retired, lived on an island. I decided to take the money <clears throat> and just reinvest it in businesses that excites me. Because for me, it's like money is a tool and it should reinvigorate the economy. It should give people jobs and opportunities. And so that's basically my new motto now is if it's not fulfilling me, I'm not interested. I don't want to do it. And and that that was something I – it was a hard lesson I had to learn too was – not every opportunity is made for you because we're told mm-hmm. take every opportunity it might be the last my but that's parents, not true oh my god yeah, my, my dad maria do you know how i never make that money and <laughs> do just go to the job and do your job and go home and go dad it's not that easy yeah, yeah. it's not that easy yeah well, he, i mean same with my mom um it's not that easy but they they lived they probably did more labor jobs right yes. so yeah. okay but they don't understand the, the mental they don't understand that there is also like a mental toll, like yeah. a mental health that you have to deal with. Um, and also when is enough enough? Exactly. Right? Like my enough is different than your enough, but yeah. it's still enough for me. Yeah. I'm still fine. Like yeah. I don't want that anymore. And so we did an episode with this amazing woman, Susie Batiz. Mm-hmm. Um, she founded Poopery. Are you I familiar with her? Yeah, okay. in my office. It's the best. It really is. <laughs> Michelle, next time she's in town, we'll all get together. She is gonna. She's my favorite person on the planet. Oh my gosh! And we'll have to send her the spoken word. Yeah, uh, speech uh, you did. So good. She's just such bright light and just awesome. Well, you and have to be an awesome person to create a product like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, but like she genius. was a, an entrepreneur who had failed numerous times mm. at everything into her early forties. And this was the thing. And um, anyway, we did a whole episode with her and we talked about resonance and dissonance. And she really taught me how to guide my decisions even more. Like I was there, but she put verbiage to it, which always helps. And it's like, okay, do I, does this light me up? Does this make me feel good? Am I going to be happy? Is this going to be exciting? And same thing like with the other, it's like, is this just a check mark? Am I going to be looking at my watch? Am I miserable? And if I'm in a meeting and it's going dissonant, and I'm like, okay, we got to go. Yeah. Like, this isn't right. <laughs> yeah. You have to so. know when to just say no. And saying no isn't necessarily a negative connotation. Like, saying no to an opportunity. Like, it's just not meant for me. It's yeah. not meant for me now. Maybe later. Maybe never. But it's okay to say no. Because not every opportunity is meant for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would have saved myself a lot of time and headaches had I have said no to a bunch of other opportunities that didn't yeah. really help me and i mean i learned a lot from it but it did it help fundamentally my career no yeah but those are the opportunities generally that everyone's like you'd be crazy not to do exactly yeah so but that's what everyone else clearly i'm crazy i like being crazy you know in the world where everyone's normal if i'm not normal then i i'm okay being crazy yeah (laughs) being crazy is cool Well, that is different than people thinking you're crazy for not taking an opportunity so i'm good with crazy because we're definitely not normal in this place well people thought i was crazy for leaving youtube like a bunch of my youtube friends like what yeah what you're leaving i'm like yeah i'm just going yeah why yeah like i'm good what but you have like a billion views like you can just 
you could keep this going. Like, I know I can, but I can keep this going. But then I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be crazier. After I'm going to go with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And literally. I always say just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. Everyone's so. burning out. And I think, I think the moment you do burn out, that's your body telling you, Hey, like your body's literally telling you, you got to slow down. Like I can't yeah. keep up with this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had all of that and that's why life has just changed so much. But you know, it's funny. I don't feel like guys have these issues as much. I mean, they, it's, they definitely do. Steven's giving me the what eyes, but like my husband's like, he's energizer bunny nonstop. And he thought I was crazy for a while too. He's like, all right, you gotta, you gotta get going. You gotta get going. I'm like, no, not feeling it. <laughs> not feeling it. My dad like, okay. He's looking at me like, are you gonna, you know, get back on TV? And I'm like, nope, not, not yet. Not yeah. there yet. Um, but you know, there's so many more pressures on women. It's so much harder for us because we also have to look good. Yeah. You know, so between hair and makeup and all of the things that we have to do upkeep wise and, you know, the bevy of other things that are on the list, it's, it's a lot more work being a woman. It is. It, it, it is. Um, that's why, you know, even like, even now, like I have a lot of people who are asking me, Oh, Michelle, like, you know, are you going to have kids? Are you going to get married? What are you going to do? It's like, what, what do you mean? Like I have to just do what, so there's a blueprint to living life and I have to follow this. But so many people who follow this, they end up miserable anyways. I know so many people have kids and, you know, I love kids. Like I do want to have kids, but they're so miserable with their kids. <laughs> they're so miserable with their kids. And they're like, yeah, it's a thankless job, Michelle. You should be happy with <laughs> kids. I'm like, what? Really? But, but then they'll turn around the next day and be like, when are you having kids? Yeah. What exactly. are you joining us in our misery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> misery inspires misery for sure. Oh, but it's like, I don't think everyone's meant to live we're not meant to live a life where everything's planned out. Everyone's yeah. so different. Like you were saying, like we're just different. And yeah. it's, a, I think it's fine to choose different things, but because social media, people have so many opinions and you know, if you're a mom and you feed your child a certain way, you're ashamed for this or, um, or maybe like if you don't look, you know, you gain a little weight because you weren't exercising, then you're shamed for that. Like everyone's just shamed for so many things. And I just realized there's just so many unhappy people and you just have to cancel out the noise at that point because yeah. you can't stop people from making an opinion. They they have the right to think and say whatever they want, but you also have the right to either accept it or just reject it or just completely ignore it. And so that that was something I had to learn too. And also something I had to... to um, kind of help guide a lot of my other um, friends who are in the beauty space and influencer space where they, you know, they're fresh into it and they're just becoming popular. So they're um, being scrutinized for every little thing, like every little thing they're being scrutinized. I'm like, you know, if you live your whole life being, you're going to be scared to post anything because you don't want to upset anyone. Then just don't, don't be a public figure. Yeah. You you can't, you can't be a public figure. It's so hard. It is hard, but it's also, it comes with it. Like you have to accept that. There's a lot of unhappy people and you're basically a digital punching bag for a lot of people and you have to be okay with that and just take the punches and just rise above them. Were you, you always know? good at taking them? Not in the beginning. I think in the beginning I was offended. I was my ego is definitely more fragile at that point in the in my early career because I wanted to please everyone. Yeah. I was a people pleaser. So if I didn't please someone who hated me, then oh I what did I do wrong? And then there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with them then. So it was always like something's wrong with either me or them. It was all it was always like a blame game. But yeah. it was a war. It was always this war between who's right, who's wrong. But now it's like I don't even care. 
<laughs> if I post something and, and people are offended by it, I'm like, well, that's fine. I don't care anymore. I yeah. mean, that's your opinion and I can't change it. And the only thing I have control over is really how I react to the situation. And I'm going to react by not giving a shit and yeah. just moving on. Yeah. That's, I mean, these are things, a lot of these things that you probably really had time to think about too in that time, because I know for me, I came to so many conclusions and I was able to make sense of so much yeah. and have so many breakthroughs in these last two years. And so, cause you've taken that break, right? Cause yeah, your brain needs a break. Your yeah. heart needs a break. Yeah. Your body needs the break. Um, is it weird and, seeing yourself on old TV stuff? Like, it's do you feel funny. like that's still you? Or? It's funny. I watched my husband just help me cut like a reel of like everything I've done. And it's really like, it's so cool to watch because I'm like, oh my God, I've done so many different things and it's it's so cool. But um, I always told him it didn't define me. Mm. And he didn't, I didn't know if he believed me. He'd always be like, I think you'll be sad without it. And I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um it's funny like we're doing the things that we want to do whether it's this podcast or our network after yeah. buzz and and other projects but like at my pace at the way I want to do them and it's just a better kind of way of life now yeah quality yeah quality content you yeah. know if you were rushed and you did a bunch of other things you wouldn't we wouldn't even be able to like make you wouldn't even have this room yeah you won't have time for it yeah. So I, I, for me, I think if you can dedicate more time to creating something quality, whether it's your life and the work that you do, I think it's worth it. And people want to criticize, well, why, why aren't you producing more? Well, then they're just living on that timeline and you can't really convince them. They're just going to have to see it from this, mm -hmm. this angle. And I think most people, especially after taking my hiatus, most YouTubers, they don't understand how I think because... They haven't taken a break. And so the moment they, and I've noticed the ones who are taking breaks now and they're coming to me, it's like, they look back on their channel. Like, I don't know who that person was. I'm like, yeah, yeah. same. I feel the same way. Like, I don't know who that person was either. Cause we're always changing and evolving. And if you don't give yourself time to take a moment and pause and reflect. Yeah. And let those changes settle in. And yeah. like, then you approach everything with a different, Point a different view. take. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, it's a lot. Well, I feel like, I'm excited. It's funny. I'm always excited for Steph because she's so young and she's getting to hear from all these amazing people in the show and getting to learn and implement this stuff. But like the same for you, you're yeah. 10 years behind me and you're already at that place where you've realized what makes you happy and, and what is important and, um, and what isn't, but without getting sick. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's I'm, I'm the blessed. hugest, hugest part of that. Yeah. So that's my goal with this show is like, let's get everybody like starting to pay attention to the things that they need to pay attention to and, and bring in the people that are going to help us get better so that you don't have to get sick before you've had exactly. these breakthroughs in your life. Exactly. So, yeah. Don't, don't back burner everything for too long. Yeah. Or else it starts. Yeah. Festering. No matter what it will fester. No mm -hmm. Um, did we miss anything that we needed to, I feel like we talked about so many things. We talked about so, so many, many things I and I never yes. looked at like anything because I just, I love having a conversation Me and just too. seeing where it goes Me and too. No, we really um, went through it. Yeah. So 
with that, we will have a part two if you're up for yes, it at some point. I am. Um, and, you know, thanks so much for coming. We thanks do always me. ask one thing. Oh, though. yes. I, how do I always forget my signature <laughs> question at the end? But thank oh, God cool. I have Stephanie. Um, so we always ask everybody how they are getting better in their day-to-day life, which this whole interview is focused on that pretty yeah. much. But mm-hmm. is there something new you've implemented into your life? I mean, are you meditating or... Hmm. What am I doing in my life? Um, Have you committed to like weekly facials? Are you, are you, you know, you know, scheduling vacations more? (laughs) What? Maybe not vacations. I do love working. Like, but I work now like you at my own pace, and you know, I take on projects that excites me. I would say something new that I've implemented in my life. Um, Oh, I've been learning how to just make music. For fun, but not singing, like making beats, like you know, lo-fi, yeah, lo-fi music. Yeah, I'm course. just learning how to make it for fun, and it's been so meditative because I'm taking all of my favorite soundtracks from different animes and video games that I've always loved, and just remixing it and just making something fun out of it. So that's been super therapeutic because when you're plugged in and you're just making the beats, it's like my mind just wanders. I, I don't even think at this point. I think I'm in some weird zone in my like I'm in the fifth dimension or something, and it's just. Yeah, it's been so helpful for me and very healing too. That's so cool. And I get to create something out of it and I can share it. And Are you sharing can... that on your YouTube platform? No, I'm just uploading anonymously on SoundCloud. Wow. No way. Yeah, I'm just like, no one's going to know. Just let it, let, it, let it just go wherever it goes. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. I, love I do it. have one question for Michelle yeah. that yeah, I didn't sure. get to mention because I'm an Asian American woman too. So now we're getting all this beautiful representation yes, like you, yes. Ali Wong, Ali Maki, Gemma Chan. And I read this really interesting article from Teen Vogue that was saying people think that now we're getting the representation post Crazy Rich Asians, uh-huh. but people like you and the YouTubers are the ones who have been trailblazing oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Is that true. something you guys have you've noticed or discussed or ever came to well, mind? You know what's interesting, and I don't know if this will relate to the article, but I've noticed that whenever there's a new platform, this is just something I've noticed. I've noticed that Asians are normally the first adopters, early adopters. So before, when YouTube first started out, the top YouTubers back then were all Asian. I would say at least 80% were Asians. And then MySpace, Asians. Friendster, Asians. Bitcoin, Asians. It's interesting seeing that. And part of me wonders why, but maybe it's like a cultural thing, maybe... Maybe Asians, they they just spend more time on the computer. I don't yeah. know. I don't want. I also don't want to like stereotype label it. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is something I've noticed. Um, and and maybe someone in the comment that they might have a better explanation. But that's what I've noticed is uh, a lot of Asians tend to be early adopters to platforms, media platforms. Um, and um, but yeah, I I definitely do think crazy rich Asians helped mark us in the mainstream maybe a mainstream american world but like come on i grew up with like k-pop yeah early k-pop you know like boa uh-huh. like this is like early early k-pop like i i always felt so connected to just that culture um just asian culture even being american too so i don't think crazy rich asians um made asians more popular i think if it did then it's mostly maybe middle americans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's yeah I think that's really accurate. It's like you weren't seeing 
in mainstream movies, Asian starring in. Yeah. I mean, you were. There was Lucy Liu. There were so there are yeah, so many, yeah. but it's like to have an entire cast. Exactly. Right. It's like my big fat Greek wedding. That was huge for yes. us. Oh yeah. You know? yes. I love that movie. Yeah. So good. So it's, it's so like good. for us that was so huge. Like to see like we had like a Greek here or there. Yeah. Now it's like, oh my God. It's we're like crazy taking over. When you see <laughs> Just representation makes, I mean, it, it's so impactful. Yeah. It's so impactful. And you don't even realize it because, well, I didn't realize it because I'm American. Even being Asian growing up, every like every magazine cover, I didn't really see my face on it. But when I was on YouTube and I saw all the comments from people saying, I'm so happy to see someone that looks like me. I didn't realize, wow, I guess that is a big deal because yeah. I didn't grow up. I mean, I didn't grow up seeing that. And so when I guess when you do grow up seeing that, it it it, it brings a lot of confidence and it yeah, you feel like you're represented. Um, and I think that's really important. So yay, internet. Thank you, internet, for being invented. I think internet is <laughs> one of the greatest inventions of the 21st century that helped us learn and see more things. And this is why we're all connected. Yeah. Right? But can social media maybe die? I don't know. Like, could that, I think social media oh. will evolve for sure. Oh my God. For sure. It's so for exhausting. Sure. Maria can't stop. Well, I it's hate only, it. It's only I exhausting. almost quit social media after my surgery. It's only exhausting because it's only owned by a few companies. That's it. But I truly believe with Bitcoin decentralization, the future will be niche. And so we're going to, everyone's going to have their own private internet. I mean, it's going to sound, I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying now, but in the 10 years, You'll see it. Wait, you're saying we're going to have our own internet? Yes. So we'll have our own private satellite with our own internet. So in China, they create satellites now where they can launch a satellite and there's microsatellites coming out. So with all these satellites in space, we're going to have, you can have internet in Antarctica if you wanted to, beam down. So, um, and internet will be more private too because of security reasons. Wow. Yeah. So you can, we can, like, I think the whole dot com thing. There's not going to be dot .com anymore. It's going to be like dot .tv, dot .everything. Wow. There's going to be everything. Everything's going to be categorized. So it's going to splinter even more. Yes, more niche. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's what part two is going to be all about. Yeah. Predictions. We could I have like a, a predictions episode. <laughs> yeah, like we, we start talking about everything and yeah. where we think it could go. That would be so fun. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> like makeup won't be makeup anymore. Like we're going to have a chip in our body and then we can look at it and tell it put eyeliner on. And Did then you the see eyeliner this girl? She printed skin. I mean, she, they, it scanned her face and then they printed something that looked like skin and she applied it on and it completely covered her acne scars, blemish and everything. It was just a prosthetic thing that's so thin. Like what? It's like tissue paper thin. She put it on. I'm like, dang. I don't have to use a blending brush or anything. Uh, I mean, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Inventions fun. are so cool. Next podcast. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, Michelle found. Thank you so much for being fun. with us. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. If you're watching us on YouTube, we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back. All right, Steph. What did we learn? <laughs> that Steven, too, if you learned anything, you can channel. I learned a lot and- from this one. I loved watching you guys interact. Uh, definitely the ability to say no and listening to this is always what you harp on, but when things don't feel right, it's not right for you and you don't need to be doing everything and you can still be an overachiever and not get a brain tumor. Yes. Yes. I know. This is very true. Steven, anything? Oh, you gotta call me out like that. No, yeah, I definitely learned a good one. Listen, I got to get to a meeting. I I missed my dance class already. Like we started a little later today than normal. So you don't need to have a a realization, Stephen. I mean, you could apologize for 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 nearly getting killed for you know not having the video ready. (laughs) I have it now, but I I did learn that like 
a lot of the things that that I fear is like if anything ever falls out from underneath my feet, like what's going to happen? And I just have to trust that like, you know, you can take a break, you can figure it out. And Mm -hmm. at every moment you're making the best decision you can at that moment. You have to trust your gut. Yeah. And trusting your gut's like one of the biggest things I think really helps in this case. Yeah. It's hard. Okay, so for the benefit of anyone watching live, Stephen's going to put up a quick clip to show you what the new woke studio looks like as Kevin's in here filming me um, and stuff. And stuff, I imagine you were socialing out everywhere. I threw the cue at you to make sure yeah. you knew what I was saying. Twitter and IG have a live link. Yeah, but even on YouTube, can't you like tell people we were live on YouTube? No. Oh, I don't but- know. We can definitely look into that. We're live I don't right know. now. I'm terrible. We got nice people in the chat. Wow, look oh, at yeah? this what studio. Are the chat? What are people saying in the chat? I want to see. Steph, are you engaging in the chat? Yes, we were in the chat. Are people Steven loving the really new studio? Held it down. Check it out. It's so beautiful. It looks like a new studio. It looks amazing. Honestly, it looks really great on the smartphone. Yeah. It Brandy does look Lee really in great. the chat. She's also a tomorrow show uh, fan. We love her, part of the family. Uh, Mina Wahab. George Corey, A Trey, they were all engaging, loving the conversation, nice. especially seeing two powerful women um, who have been through similar but different situations. Very cool. Yeah. And Steven, really awesome. do we have some reviews to get to? We do. We have like five of them, like really fresh ones from today. Oh, sweet. Uh, Maria de Bomb by Bill Nilsuka. I recently came to realize that I needed to. Be well in order to do well. I've been listening to Better Together every morning as part of my journey to healing. It's so informative, relatable, and fun. Over the weekend, I watched Heal on America's. Re- I watched Heal on Maria's recommendation. Amazing. Not only does Maria have access to incredible people and phenomenal wisdom and knowledge, but she shares it. That is so huge. To make it a healthier way of living and to make it in the entertainment business and then to share that knowledge with others for free is epic and beyond generous. And I'm so very grateful for the work that you do. It matters, it helps, it provides options, ideas, and a window into wellness, into a better life. I get all that from Maria's example and of how to show up in life. I get that from her podcast, Uta Bomb. Thank you so much for all that you do. Aww. That's a good one. Yeah. We do have Kelly Noonan, the, dir- director, the director of the Heal documentary, coming, coming the end soon. of September. We also have another amazing guest coming up, and that's Amy Cuddy. Yes. Who wrote the book Presence. Yes. One um, of the top 10 TED Talks of all time on body language. Yeah. That will be I'm really, really excited epic. for her, too. Really epic. We got more. We have from Rini Barb says, thank you. I listen to many podcasts. However, the calmness that comes over me on my drive to and from work was needed more than you know. Thank you for understanding what we're all looking for and keeping it real. Roadie Girl, MMN Team from Allie Jean says, Better Together is sure up there with my favorite podcasts. Over the course of seven months during my one-hour commute each way, who does that in Rhode Island, (laughs) I have learned to tongue scrape, oil pull, manifest, meditate, and most importantly, slow my mind way down. In knowing that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I love Maria's humble approach to life and ability to keep it real. Love, 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 love. Go Patriots. I'm still tongue scraping myself (laughs) and dry brushing and all. Carry on. And we have another one from the other Captain America who says, live, laugh, and learn. One of the best ways to start my days is listening to Maria and hearing her positivity and learning from the incredible people she talks with. So cool. Thanks, everybody. Keep the ratings and the comments um, coming. Of course, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you love the show, be sure to tell a friend so they can join us here. And socialing out your favorite episode always helps. 
If you want to reach us, you can reach us at bettertogetherwithmaria at gmail.com or you can just visit mariamenunos.com and um, and find us there. And we're also launching a Patreon that's going to include exclusive episodes and access and surprises. Right, Stephen? It's launched. So the Patreon is up. You can subscribe now. We'll be okay. starting to roll out new content for you on the weekly and uh, it's really exciting. You can go to patreon.com slash mariamenunos and you can also... Now go to youtube.com slash Maria Meninos and it will take you right to our page Ooh, to sweet. watch this show live every Monday. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. So Steven's the one who's like, we need to do a Patreon. You need to give your audience more. And so we're doing it and we hope you guys will join us. So you can go to patreon.com backslash join backslash Maria Meninos or any of the amazing things he said that I didn't pay much attention to. What was it again? <laughs> Anything slash Maria Menounos will get you to our Patreon YouTube. and our YouTube. Yes. Or if you go to MariaMenounos.com, you can find <laughs> it works. there too. Okay, perfect. <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to keep up with the great Michelle Fawn and her latest embed, uh, endeavors, you can go to MichelleFawn.com uh, or MCosmetics.com and HelloTheMatic.com. So, um, fun interview. She's amazing. I, I love her. She's such a great girl and she's so smart and we have so much to learn from her. So we're going to do a part two with her. At yes. Some point. About um, the future. <laughs> yes. Um, and she gave me a really cool tip. What was the company called? I already wrote, forgot oh, it. Thank God you wrote it down. Yeah, I have or it you right emailed here. it to me. Yes. Chef, chef something. It was called. One second. Um, we got this. Yeah, I'm looking at my phone too. Cloud Kitchen. Cloud Kitchen. <laughs> Honey. So she was telling me about Cloud Kitchen for Maria's Greek Delights is something we should look into. And even it's replacing food trucks. So even for my dad. So we'll talk about that in the next episode. Thank you guys for being with us on this new Monday, new woke studio. My husband's sitting in there and I just want to say, Honey. Christmas starts in August. Christmas starts in August. Another plug for his podcast. Um, No, I just want to say thank you, honey, for my new studio. I love you. Okay. Bye, everybody. Follow us at Maria Menounos, at Michelle Fawn, at Steph Sabra, at Stephen Lemieux Photo. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.